Hello and welcome to Millennial Myths. I'm Samantha Rank, an intern at the Heritage Foundation. Over the next few weeks, I'll be exploring the truth about socialism, the Electoral College, and the rise of identity politics, separating popular myth from the facts. Our topic for today's episode is the Electoral College. Abolishing the Electoral College has become a major goal for liberal politicians, especially following the 2016 election, in which Donald Trump won with nearly 3 million fewer votes than Hillary Clinton. It should come as no surprise that the left wants to abolish the system that lost them the election. Here's a clip of Senator Elizabeth Warren calling for just that. We've got to abolish the Electoral College. That's right. I think the way democracy works is when our elected officials come to ask everybody for their vote. The senator, along with other liberal allies, say they want to make sure that every vote counts. But isn't that actually the purpose of the Electoral College? To make sure small states like Wyoming don't lose their voice to big cities like New York and Chicago? I recently took to the streets of Washington, D.C. to ask people their thoughts on the purpose of the Electoral College and any other takes they might have. Let's take a listen. Do you know what the Electoral College is? I do. Sort of. Uh, the Electoral College is pretty much, you know how we vote, but as well the states each, pretty much, I can't remember the area, but they're pretty much, like, they're the ones that technically vote. I didn't know that. Now I do. Do you favor the national popular vote or the Electoral College? To be honest, I feel like it would, should be the national vote as well because it should, it should be from all the population. I favor the national popular vote. I would say probably the popular vote. But the electoral, is, I understand, it's more of like the majority of who they, of what the people, like what they choose for. Because especially for the population, it's more like the majority, like California is more Democrat. Of course, they'll have electoral, like college will be just Democrats that will be voting for them. But as well, it should be more from the people, like get their voices more out there. I'll favor the population, uh, just for the fact that I myself haven't voted before because I feel like my vote doesn't really count because someone else is actually voting. So I feel if the population gets the it gets favored, uh, the government will like provide more education for everybody so they know where, since they're going to put that, uh, I guess, um, uh, privilege yeah. into the, uh, the whole community. So, Last question. If we were to eliminate the Electoral College, do you believe presidential candidates would still campaign in flyover states? I honestly don't know. <laughs> Sorry. I feel like if you do get rid of it, I f- they should be going more out of state because now it's like not just on depending on those people, it's now depending on the whole population. So they should be going more to different states to get their voice out there. Just like, because like, hey, maybe you don't know where you stand, but let me show you where I stand and maybe you might agree with me. I think they would. Um, I think that obviously without the Electoral College, there's going to be a greater focus on the places where people live the most. And I think that's fair. Um, obviously, the Electoral College benefit states that have uh, disproportionately small populations and you know I think presidents now with social media with the 24-hour news cycle are able to effectively campaign to people in large cities and small states uh, very easily. All right well we're going to take a quick break but don't go far when we return Jarrett Stepman of the Daily Signal will be on to discuss these answers and reveal the truth about the Electoral College. Overwhelmed by the 24-7 news cycle? Looking for a way to keep up with the news that matters? The Daily Signal podcast brings you the top news of the day, plus interviews with lawmakers, authors, Heritage Foundation experts, and more on the most important policy debates in America today. If you're a conservative who wants to be on top of the news, 
Check out the Daily Signal podcast, available every weekday morning. Now in the studio with me is Jarrett Stepman. Jarrett is a contributor at the Daily Signal and co-host of the podcast, The Right Side of History. Thanks for being with me. Well, thank you for having me, Samantha. First and foremost, how do you react to some of the answers we just heard about abolishing the Electoral College? It does seem like right now in America that there is a growing number of Americans who want to get rid of the Electoral College. I think there's a lot of people who don't really understand the particulars of what it does. I think there's a certain logic in the minds of a lot of people to going to simply a pure Democratic vote. We just take the 50 plus 1 percent of the country and have that choose who the president is. So I, I think there is some misunderstandings about why we have the Electoral College I did find it interesting that this idea that, well, we'll get the more representative opinion of the country if we got rid of the Electoral College and we maybe just focused on urban areas, the place where the highest population is. In some sense, that goes against the original intention of the Electoral College. I didn't really hear much about the intent of the founders, why the system was put in place to begin with. And I think that's where a lot of the misunderstanding comes in. I don't think people do understand why we have the system put in place, why it's worked for us for so long, over two centuries in this country. The remarkable thing, we've had these transitions of power from one president to the next under this system that has worked very, very well. I I think it's fair to say that we've had a lot of good presidents, some bad ones, but compared to a lot of other systems in the world, our system has been phenomenally successful. So can you break down why the Electoral College was created in the first place? Yeah, it was created initially. It was a compromise. That's the Constitutional Convention. It was defended uh, very vociferously in in Federal 68 by Alexander Hamilton. It was a a system that was created to choose the chief executive of the nation. It was created to uh, bring in a broad consensus from Americans on who that person should be. And it was a very state-based model. I think that's a a key element of the system is it was very much based on the different interests and different parts of the country. Uh, it wasn't just it wasn't just going to be the big states. It wasn't just going to be small states. It was a broad-based consensus so that people in Connecticut, people in Virginia would have their voices heard. At those days, through their legislators, I think people forget it was actually a less democratic system when it was created. Most of the time, legislators picked the Electoral College voters, not uh, democratically. We've moved on from that since then, which I think is uh, a part of our system that, that it does allow for a certain degree of change. Uh, But the founders really wanted to create this kind of broad-based system so that we had presidents who weren't just elected by one class of people. They were elected by many different people across the country. They took into account many diverse interests, and they thought that was the wisest way. They didn't think there was any perfect way to choose a president, and they they ultimately decided against a kind of pure democracy, which ultimately the founders had a great deal of distrust about. Uh, they didn't think that was the best way to choose leaders. That They didn't think that was the best way to run the country. I think ultimately they've, they've proved right over time. Besides President Trump, which other presidents throughout history have won the Electoral College vote but not the national popular vote? Yeah, I, there's, there's only been a few, actually. Uh, very famously in 2000, uh, George W. Bush, we actually had uh, Rutherford B. Hayes. Uh, earlier on, we, we had a, one election in uh, 1824 in which there was no uh, – nobody won a majority. And actually, election got thrown to the House of Representatives, which is even less democratic than, than the Electoral College system. That just goes to basically uh, from each state, a congressman from each state cast a vote for president was not representative of the popular vote at all. And that was a part of the system. The Electoral College in some ways is more democratic than that. 
Uh, so this has really happened, I believe, about five times in our history. Uh, it's been just kind of one of those things uh, in history where the the latest examples, of course, George Bush in 2000, a very closely contested election, and of course, 2016. Uh, but it has happened before. And, and the, frankly, the, the rarity of, of the disparity, I think, shows that for the most part, elections are in line with what the national popular vote is. And in the case of 2016, I think that the, it showed a clear, I think, mismatch in the strategy of, of one campaign, that the Clinton campaign in particular, uh, and you know, losing, of course, the national popular vote, but, of course, taking a strategy of trying to up the popular vote in places uh, where she already had large majorities, which, frankly, is very much against how the system works. So uh, this idea that, well, you know, it, it, these kind of outliers are, are specifically a problem I don't think they really have been in the history of our system. And and frankly, we have mostly gotten, I would say, good presidents out of this. And the idea that we've somehow, it's, it's been wrong that we haven't had democracy. I would say, you know, George Washington wasn't selected through democracy. He was a great president. I think the advocates of going to a purely democratic system have never made the case of why this would mean we would get better presidents. Why do you think people are so misinformed about the purpose of the Electoral College? Well, I, I think... To a certain extent, there is a lot of maybe ignorance about how the Constitution works. There's a lot of misunderstanding about it. The idea of kind of pure democracy goes into our gut instincts. I mean, a lot of people say, hey, we're a democracy. Why isn't our system democratic? I would say if people really think about it, we don't have a single issue in this country, not one single issue, not one single elected person who was elected by the whole mass plebiscite of Americans. Every single one of our elections, whether it be senator, whether it be House member, when we pick our laws, we don't pick things by 50 plus 1 percent. We have this whole system. We have a system. In the, and given these things are under attack as well, things like the Senate. I mean, there are a lot of people in modern America who want to abolish it. They don't think it's democratic enough. And our, the fact is, our system is it has elements of democracy and it has a lot of mediation. I think a big part of the Electoral College is that it takes into consideration the states as states. Not, I mean, I think there's maybe a little too much emphasis on simply it favoring small states in that system. It, it does a little bit, but it favors states as states. Uh, presidential candidates need to appeal to Californians as Californians, to Michigan people as people from Michigan. And I think that's a big part of the system. That's a big part of federalism that I think people just really don't understand is our country, to a certain extent, has moved away from the concept of federalism. So many things have been nationalized in American life. And I think actually that creates a lot of problems in the long run. So it makes sense that now as federalism kind of disappears from the scene, people want to kind of push it out, that something like the Electoral College, which is based on that system, people start to scratch their heads and say, oh, why don't we just go to pure democracy? Before we end today's show, I just want to mention an article in case any of our listeners want to learn more about today's topic. The president of Hillsdale College, Dr. Larry P. Arne, wrote this incredibly insightful article back in 2016 for the Wall Street Journal about the Electoral College titled, The Electoral College is Anything But Outdated. Just to give you a preview of the article, this is one of my favorite paragraphs. It reads, quote, This innovation is most directly responsible for the greatness of the United States. Think what the founders achieved. They invented a way of governing and they extended it without benefit of kings or colonies across a vast continent, bigger than they could imagine until they got to the other side 30 years later. The magnificent Northwest Ordinance granted free government to the territories, then representative and independent state government thereafter. 
Ruled from Washington, the nation could never have settled this land in freedom, nor made it so strong. The practical political equality that the American people have achieved depends entirely upon their ability to spread political authority across a vast area. Well, that's just one part of this article. Again, it's called The Electoral College is Anything But Outdated. You can find it on the Wall Street Journal's website. It's by Dr. Larry P. Arn of Hillsdale College. That just about wraps up this week's episode of Millennial Myths. Jarrett, thank you so much for joining me to discuss why the Electoral College is such a fundamental part of our country's political system. Be sure to tune in next week for a conversation on identity politics. Have a great week. Millennial Myths is executive produced by Samantha Rank, script edited by Lauren Evans and Daniel Davis, sound design by Samantha Rank. For more information, visit heritage.org.